Hello, hey, and welcome to Ask the Color Expert. My name is Elaine Travis. I am a career hair colorist, independent educator, and author of the book, A Colorful Journey. I'm here every week sharing tips, tricks, and stories that are all things hair color. Thanks for joining me, and let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Today's special guest is a dear friend. Her name is Trish, and she owns the Barbarella Salon in Ambler, Pennsylvania, my hometown. Um, She is here to chat with me about what it looks like on the salon owner side of things. Um, I talk a lot about, you know, being a colorist and color theory and all things color, but sometimes if you're listening and you are, um, you know, an employee of a salon, you have a certain way of thinking about the owner and I wanted to shed some light on the owner's perspective. So Trish, thank you for taking time to be here today. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat. It's so great to cut. We caught up, you know, right before I hit record, we had so many awesome little gems that just the two of us chatting in conversation, we were both salon owners. We were, I mean, how many miles are there between our salons? Not many. We're we're actually competitors. Yeah, technically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, I think but we like, never felt that way. Like it never, never occurred to me, you know, as someone who was doing a little bit of education, the last time I saw you in person, I think was, I was doing a class in your salon and it, it yeah. I thought about it the other day because my niece was just here visiting and I did her color and I thought, wow, last time I did her color, she was a model at Trisha's Oh, salon. that's right. Yeah, she had and, hair. And I actually, I actually slipped in front of her at your salon about moving. We didn't tell anyone yet when she was there and you and I were chatting and I was like, oh my gosh, do you know anybody who wants to buy a salon? And, you know, I'm, I'm saying it so openly and I hadn't said it to anybody. And then like, it, it took a minute. I was like, oh my God, my niece is in my chair. She's going to tell my sister-in-law, my sister was going to tell me, like everyone's going to know. <laughs> the whole field starts winning. Yeah. <laughs> but it's out. It moved. It's done. Yeah. Um, yeah. So nothing catastrophic happened. Yeah. No, no one died. Everybody still yeah. has a pulse. Um, when we got together a few times, you were very similar to me in that you were at the end of your rope. You're like, oh my gosh, I just can't even do this anymore. It's so hard. And I was like, girl, I get it. I, you know, I've owned a salon for 30 years. I know exactly what you're going through. And we had a lot of things in common as far as, you know, what happens in a salon situation when things start to be you know, really busy and humming along and you're bringing in new employees. And then you have like the alpha employee that's like the boss that's not the boss that, you know, tends to set the tone. And as the owner, we always are trying to keep the peace, right? We're just like doing anything to get people to get along. So I would love for you to share that part of your journey when we would get together and you were like, oh my gosh, does it get any easier? And I'm like, no, it doesn't. You just have to do things a little. You just learn how to react differently, right? Exactly. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So to your point, um, you know, I think our first meeting of this was like at a Starbucks, like after a class that you had taught many, many moons ago. And, you know, I looked to you for advice and, and just came to, you know, just what you had said, you know, what am I doing wrong? What, like, 
there has to be something that I'm doing. And, and it's like, you have to recognize the problem and deal with it. And this person, you know, at the time who I had a, a toxic employee who was just ruling the roost and spreading, you know, just negativity. And I had tremendous fear to confront her and, you know, rock the boat. And I was just trying to placate this person and that person. And, you know, the expression of you're trying to please everyone, you're not going to please anyone. And it would always, you know, just come back to bite me. There'd be a few months of, of peace and then it would all happen again. And I, I don't know how many desperate, you know, phone calls or texts I sent you. And I was like, this is it. And you're like, all right, just do it. Just rip off the bandaid, <laughs> let the person go. And then I would chicken out or they would be on good behavior for a few weeks. And, and then, you know, it would happen again or something. And then in that you start to think like, am I the crazy person? Like, did this actually happen? Were they actually out of line? You know, and you start putting this stuff in your head because you don't really want to confront what's actually happening because confronting it means you're going to lose income. You're going to, in, in your mind, this is what you're thinking. You're going to lose income. What if the other team members leave? What if they spread bad rumors about me? What if they tell people this, that, and the other thing? And, you know, I, I lived in that what if scenario, I think for like five years when it was all said and done. And when it finally happened and, you know, they were like, oh, it was like, oh my God, like, why didn't I do this five years ago when you and I sat at Starbucks the first time and had coffee and you're like, just do it. It's going to be so much better on the other side. Um, and you were right. And it was so much better on the other side, almost immediately. I mean, you know, and again, like, I don't think this person is evil. I don't think they're bad. It just was not a good fit. And, you know, they, they've gone their own way and, you know, have, have lots of success in your life. And that's great. And I just, it wasn't good for us and our team. So I think it's not uh, anything personal to you either. I think when you have that alpha, employee <clears throat> it's they they have their own frustration of what they wanted their path to look like course, she yeah. may have secretly been like I want to be the owner I want this to be my salon but they they see the work that you do that they're not willing to do so yeah. it's like an internal battle within themselves it's funny because as soon as when Alicia and I taught that class at your salon as soon as we rolled our you know cart in with all of our equipment and everything that your, your alpha was late, you know, and everybody was like waiting on her, you know? And it's like, as soon as she came billowing through the door, I was like, Hmm, yeah, I see what's going on here. She's yeah. the boss. That's not really the boss. And oh, yeah. was kind of like, you know, bowing to her, her own rules. And, and I see it. You're not the, you're not the first salon owner to do it. I did it too. You, you won't be the last. It's a common right. chronic issue in the industry because that person who's causing all of the trouble 99% of the time is the highest producing stylist. And that's why we, we walk on eggshells, but we realize what's going to happen is three of your people that have huge potential are going to leave one at a time because of that stale environment that's toxic. They're feeling it, but they're afraid to say something to you. Yeah. So it's like crazy how it all falls. It trickles down to everyone. And it had honestly gotten to the point where people weren't even scared to say anything to me any longer, but I still was so scared to just do it because of the repercussions. And how's it feel on the other side? Nothing bad happened, right? Everybody's nothing, ba nothing bad happened. 
<laughs> I think you've expanded a lot since you finally pulled the trigger on that, right? Yeah, I mean, grow after that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we, we've had tremendous growth and, you know, and again, I think it was like my internal, like entanglement with everything. Like I was like blocking, you know, to be on an energetic level, like I just was blocking opportunity that was trying to come in because I was just so like in turmoil, like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm just over this. Like I would come home and say to my husband, like, I'm just going to quit. Like, instead of like letting go of this, I like, I was to that point where I was like, I'm just quitting. I'm just not going to do this anymore. It's not what I want to do. And it was all because I had this, this situation that I just didn't want to confront. Um, and on the other side, it's much more easeful. And, and to your point, you know, much more growth, much more just opportunity, like you said, to see these other people grow and their appreciation and, and you know, we just, we, we so value what we have as a team now and, and that, that spirit and that, that vibe and, and camaraderie. And it's just amazing. We fiercely protect that. So now like when, if anything starts to, you know, come in or anyone starts to diva out or, you know, show any alpha symptoms, we're like, uh, -uh. <laughs> like we're not going there. Like, let's come back down and like suss this out. And, and, no one's really, you know, gotten to that level. Like, you know, we've lost some people this year, but it hasn't gotten to, to that level of, of the previous situation. And I don't think, I think the people that you lost during or post COVID, yeah. I think that was something that happened to everyone because yeah. COVID, you know, shines a light on issues that were already there. 100%. Um, everybody kind of was in a collective timeout of, is this really what I want to be doing? It, I'm positive. I don't even know the people, but I'm sure it had absolutely nothing to do with you or the culture because you've grown so much and you yeah. have a great culture, but it just, you know, when, when people are getting free money, you know, there's a yeah. lot of that going on where they're sitting back and they're like, Hey, if, you know, uncle Sam wants to pay me, I'm not going right. to stand on my feet all day, but I don't think they're thinking of the long term of, what happens when that free money runs out, you know, they yeah. have to start all over again. And yeah, there was situations where, you know, personal reasons, someone had to be home with children and, you know, just so many things shifted. And I think people got a taste of doing outside hair and, you know, this on the side thing, which I don't believe will last oh, forever. Kills me. Um, and then the whole, um, as you know, like in Pennsylvania, being that we can't have um, booth rental salons, the suites have now, you know, invaded the area. So that has been enticing to some people. And we did lose a, a stylist to a suite. So, you know, it's like, okay, like, is this like a real threat? Like, is this something we have to really prepare for and not worry, but just like, how do we combat the appeal of a suite to the future? Yeah. I, I could make a whole other podcast about all yeah. the reasons that the suite is going to be different than people expect it. To Absolutely. Be. And, you, and you should make that. Podcast. Yeah, I will. I promise. <laughs> um, but we also have something else in common. Um, as you know, when you and I, you know, I've been friends for a long time and, and I would, you know, we would chit chat as girlfriends and I would never have like the life coach hat on. It would just be us talking as friends. And then you had asked me, about the coaching that I did with my life coach. And you were like, 
do you want to be my coach? What do you think? And I was like, <laughs> I feel like you're not going to open up to me because we are yeah. friends. And there is that, you know, weird spot, like, especially sure. with personal things. Yeah. But I was like, please reach out to my coach because I really think that, you know, you're at a, at a place where it could do wonders for your family life, your business life, your own self, just all around amazing thing. And I warned you ahead of time that it was, you know, a painful, but, but worthwhile process. Um, and you ended up doing it and you are like her, her poster child. Like when she refers <laughs> to the coach training process, no, it's a great thing because, you know, it's something that you had, you, you knew nothing about when we first talked about it. You're like, what, you know, no one really understands the difference between coaching and therapy and your results speak volumes about the difference between coaching and therapy because you shared with me before we recorded how it had such an impact on your marriage and your parenting and we both yeah. said god we wish we would have done it when our kids were just a little bit younger because yeah. what we learned together as working with the same coach is what happens to your children from birth to five molds them into the human being they're going to be and anything that didn't go right in those first five years is going to bite us in the ass, whether we like it or not. Yeah. Of course, we don't have any intentions ever of doing anything harmful to our children. But like recently, Bryn, as you know, is 27 now. And we were talking about how I would say to her, there's going to come a time when you're going to be too cool for me. And you're not going to want me to scratch your back when you go to sleep. And you're not going to want to share your boyfriend stories with me. And she was here in Florida and I'm scratching her back and she's sharing boyfriend stories. And she's like, mm -hmm. I'm 27 mom. Yeah. It still didn't happen. Yeah. But she did share with me that I bought her this um, one single song. Um, I don't know if it was in a CD. It came with a book and it was that song. I'll ho I hope you'll dance. Mm -hmm. And that was our special song. Um, after 9-11, I was supposed to be in New York that day. And it was the only minority beauty focus I ever missed. And I was pissed oh, wow. at my husband. He was giving me a hard time about going. So thank God he was being a jerk and ah. I didn't go. And we're all still here. But I was so shook by that that I was like, I need to leave her with something that God forbid something did happen. This is the roadmap of like what your mom would want to tell you. Yeah. So that song basically, and the book summed everything up. So she had it on this little shelf in her room and I never made it home in time to put her to bed. Like it was terrible. You know, I would stay at yeah. the salon first. It was nine o'clock. Then it was nine 30. And this is PM. Then it was nine 30. Then it was 10, 10 30, 11. Some nights I was getting home at midnight because as you do too, Oh, she's such a good client. And you know, she has this special event. Let me stay for her. Let me come in early for her. No boundaries, no nothing. Yeah. And Bryn said, I said, oh my God, you still have that? That's so crazy. I love that. And she goes, still have it. I cried myself to sleep every night with that song on. Oh my when God. you didn't make it home, I was like, oh, you don't even realize that they're sitting there waiting for you. When you yeah. say, I'm going to be home by a certain time, their little brain is like, where's my mom? Yeah. And she'll say, like when, she, when it came time for her to take over the salon, she really fought it because she's like, that salon was like the biggest topic of conversation at every family dinner. It was always a point of contention and conflict. problem child. It's your first problem child. She's like you that, yeah, that salon is more your child than we were. Yeah. 
when we were little and I can't go back and redo that. So I'm so happy your kids are much younger than my kids were when I found the coaching and found the answer really was me. Like, you know, you hear, you hear that saying the fish stinks from the head down. Oh my God. Well, Alejandra has said that to me many times and now I'm like, I know I'm being a stinky fish. (laughs) Yeah. But you don't, you have such good intent. You're so you're someone who people would describe as sweet. You know, people would say, oh my God, Trish is so sweet. You will never I, hear that about me. Yeah, <laughs> ever. Maybe, maybe kind. I don't know. Sweet. No, know. you're sweet. You're <laughs> sweet. And that, that adjective is never thrown around me yeah. because I'm very blunt. I tell it like it is. I don't pull punches, but I am really sensitive, kind, generous. Like there's a lot under that hard exterior yeah. that I, I get my feelings hurt easily. Um, but it's like, I always had the best intentions as a boss and a leader, but didn't realize that by being almost too kind and too mothering, I created that mother um, atmosphere in the salon that like, if any little thing went wrong, call mommy, call Elaine, call Mm -hmm. Elaine, text Elaine. Like they never were taught to figure it out for themselves. And I'm sure as a mother, I was the same way. I'm like, it's just easier just to do it myself than to try to explain. So was that part of what you had to change? Like, what was your biggest shift from the coaching that you realized you were doing? Oh, I mean, so many of those things that you just mentioned. Um, But actually, I think I actually took your advice previously to even coaching of, you know, your history with the kids and, and not being there for things. And I started to shift away from so many nights and, you know, it was down to like one night a week, every other Saturday. And still then when I started coaching with Alejandra, I um, was still holding on to a couple of those things. And it's like, why, you know, oh, well, because, you know, the client, because of this, because of that. So that's one thing that's definitely shift. Like I'm home by last night, you know, I got held a little late, but it was a new employee, but by six, six thirty. Nice. Um, I don't work Saturdays anymore. I'm down to two days behind the chair. Like I'm just really respecting it's, I guess the biggest thing is respecting the standards that I'm going to set in my life and upholding those standards, you know, whether it has to do with my family or the business or whatever I'm dealing with, like, okay, that weird tingly sense is going off. This feels uncomfortable. Like, am I doing something that I shouldn't be doing as it pertains to like what I'm trying to uphold? Because the minute I let go of that, then, you know, my employee sees that, well, okay, now I'm going to do that. You know, cause again, the, the fish stinks from the head down. So if you start to let go of those things, they will too, whether it's at home or in work. So it, it really, the, those standards just have to be upheld. You know, does life happen sometimes? And you're like, okay, I have to deal with it. Yeah. But like if 99% of the time you're working to uphold your standards and, or you say like, okay, I acknowledge that in that situation, I didn't do that. So, you know, I really have to just like acknowledge that, own that. And this is the outcome of it. And now I'm exhausted or tired, or I miss my kid's game or, or whatever happened because I didn't uphold that standard. So that's been a huge takeaway. I love that you said the tingly, something's not right feeling because we're all born with that intuition Yeah. until you went through that process, you didn't trust it. No, it's like, you know, we like, I've, well, I don't know if I've coined it, but like, we're saying obey those nudges. Like you have that nudge of like, I should, I shouldn't. And I should call this person. I shouldn't call this person. I should follow Like, and so many times you just go, you know, I'm not paying attention to that. And now like, can't say I do it hundred percent of the time, but I'm, I'm getting closer. 
But do you find too, when you know you're going against the new you, I, I call it like, you know, pre-coaching, after coaching, it's yeah. a totally different person. So when you are going through it and you go back into reaction of like what you would do, you know, I'll, I'll often say, I'll get like a, an email and I'll be like, oh, old me would have said, and I just say it out loud so that I can get it out. The old me yeah. wants to respond this way. And then I take a breath and I very carefully word in the, in the kindest way where I'm getting my point across and it's not passive aggression. There's a difference. Right. People, yeah, no. people will say like my one girlfriend will say, well, I, I said to him, you know, like, I forgive you for this. Um, even though you're, even though now I'm suffering, like she'll get her dig in afterwards. I'm like, in there, that's yeah. passive aggression. Like that's not, yeah. that's not the right approach. But when I, whenever I go against it and I know that I'm going against it and I catch myself, I say, you know where this is leading and you know what the outcome is going to be and it's not going to be good. And this is what got you in this situation in the first place. So yeah. just stand your ground and be who you are and the people that matter are still going to be there. And the ones that don't like the new you don't like the new you because it's the mirror to them mm-hmm. and it's showing them their behavior and how they're used to you reacting. So yeah. that, that's the part I think that was the biggest aha for me, especially when dealing with the salon culture, you know, it was hard to undo that mother role because that's all there ever was. But now I watch Bryn who did not establish that mother. She's younger than the whole staff. And she was concerned that that would be a negative. She's like, how am I supposed to go in there when I'm like, so much younger than I'm little Brim that was 12 years old when you opened that location. And now I'm supposed to be their boss. And I'm like, you have been coached. You've gone to college for entrepreneurship. You understand how to be a true hands-off who teaches people how to fish. You're not fishing for them and feeding them one meal. You're teaching them how to fish. So as long as you put that structure in place, they're not going to call you when they're out of toilet paper or those little minuscule things that they could easily solve themselves. Right. They're not going to go to you because you're not training them to do that. So people treat you the way that you allow them to treat you. And the yeah, minute no. you stop allowing it, it goes away. It's, it's actually very simple. Absolutely. No. Down to the bottom of it. <laughs> I know, but yeah, we like to get in our own way 5,000 times before we get to that simplicity. And I actually had that same revelation of, you know, I, was controlling every situation and you can't because you can't be in 10 places at once. You can't do 10 things. Well, you really can only do one thing. Well, so, you know, when you're trying to be home and then you're like getting these phone calls and then you're like, ah, this is so irritating, but again, you're allowing it to happen. So it's happening repeatedly. Um, so, you know, hiring a manager who my manager is phenomenal. I've, and then a, another co-manager who's amazing. Like and just directing it like this is the vision this is what we see okay we're all on board we get a, a group kind of effort going and yeah i mean i still take the reins on a lot of things and the major issues but you know they they have enough leeway that they can make decisions in my absence knowing my vision of what what i want it to be and and how i would handle things and sometimes it's not exactly how i would handle things sometimes it's better than how i would handle things because i'm dealing with 10 other things and they're just focused on this one issue so yeah, so absolutely like delegating and letting go of so many things is, has been a huge part of this as well. Um, yeah, so that, you know, has opened up the door for me to do a multitude of other things that I didn't even think about, you know. 
And um, again, when we first opened, you know, I was doing payroll, I was doing bookkeeping because I didn't want to pay anyone. And I don't want like, you know, do those things. So again, you know, realizing that there's people that do those things so much better, you do what you need to do and figure out what that is, not just, you know, okay, I'm supposed to do this and supposed to do that because I'm in this position. It's like, you just lock yourself into this little box and then you're, you're just constantly fighting to get out. And then you just go back in when you get scared or something comes up, you know, and it, it's, so all these things with the coaching has just been, there's, I, it's touched every single part of my life. Like there's, there's not one point I could say that this was it or this with it. Cause it's just hit on every level. I love that. And I love that you brought up, you know, hiring people to do the parts of the business that are not your zone of genius. Like I've always yeah. been terrible with financial fit, like with spreadsheets and profit and loss statements and the accounting and all of those things. And when I look back way back, I think I was doing all the house bills, all the salon bills, all the payroll, all the meeting with the, I mean, I was doing everything and I was five days behind the chair, 12 hours a day. When I look back at that, I think, no wonder this hurts and that hurt. Like it's years <laughs> of that abuse of my, my mind and my body, but I loved the behind the chair part. So I was like, well, I definitely don't want to give that up. But to your point, you're chugging along, working behind the chair. You're charging prices that are much lower than you should be charging. If I was charging appropriately early on, I could have paid a bookkeeper and an account, you know, all those people to do the things I'm not good at anyway. But we get stuck with this story that, oh, it's the neighborhood that I'm in. You know, I was in a small salon off the beaten path. It was, I didn't have, you know, a good location and it was all word of mouth advertising. I was 22 years old. You know, I, I made my prices by, you know, calling the three salons around me and going $5 less, whatever that it was. That was my business plan. So <laughs> you, you live and learn, but there's something with that money story in our industry that's really screwed up all, all across yeah. the board. You know, 100%. when I see the statistics now in 2021, that the average income is still under $40,000 for a hairstylist and and you'll see on these forums you know someone will say i'm in i'm in missouri what do you charge for whatever and i'm like yeah you're in missouri but is your salon 2000 square feet yeah. in a mall with triple net lease like what are the other factors that go into right. it it's not apples to apples and yeah. it's it's like a chronic issue in the industry and and you brought up the sweets which is scary for us commission owners, but what, what's going to happen with the suite is people, when they're talking about it, they're like, Trish is making 50% of everything I bring in. And they really believe that you're oh, yeah. all 50%. You don't have, have it all, in, all in my mansion. <laughs> it's all in your Louis Vuitton handbag. You're carrying it around a wad of cash. So that that's the story. So then they go, Oh, a suite is I don't know what's the going rate, probably 1500 a month or 1200 yeah. a month. So, so the suites are smart where they break it down to weekly numbers because it sounds much more attractive. So they're, they're like, wow, for 300 bucks a week, I can have my own salon. I do two highlights and bring in $300 a week. I am going to make so much money. And they don't realize that the workman's compensation, the insurance, the overhead insurance, you know, the um, slip and fall and damage and all that stuff. Um, I can't think of the name right now. Liability, overall liability, liability yeah. of, of the salon. 
and all the taxes and all the fees and all the licensing and all, you know, all the things that come out of that, I think they're going to get to the end of that first year and you're sitting in this room totally by yourself. I did it for three months here. I felt like I was in a permanent timeout. I'm like, where are my people? Where, where, who can I tell funny stories to? I'm so lonely. Yeah. And, and not to mention, we don't eat lunch as it is, but when you have a person in your chair processing and you're in a 200 square foot space, you feel like a little bunny rat. I was like trying to like eat <laughs> Hi, private in private. I'm like, I don't want to leave this person by themselves. Yeah. So get, we didn't really have a break room anyway. There was like a laundry room. That was it. But the whole thing was just, I'm like, part of why we get into this industry is the relationships with the other coworkers. Like we tend to be closer and spend more time with our coworkers than our own families. You know, we spend such a big chunk of time there. So I think, I think hang in there. I think that um, our size salons are going to be the ones that stand the test of time. I think the larger salons are going to suffer and the individual suite thing is going to, I see it like the suites that I rented here, none of the same people are there. And it's been less than a year. The turnover is incredible. They just keep filling, filling it, filling it, filling it. And people think it's going to be great. And and there are success stories. There are people that really should have suites. No, absolutely. Yeah, no, I totally agree. But to that point, that camaraderie that, you know, let me bounce this off of you or, Oh, like, this isn't turning out the way I wanted it to. Like, what would you do in this scenario? Cause we've all been there. And that's, you know, if you're sitting there alone, you know, who like, what are you going to run to the next suite of like someone you don't know? Like I, it's just, it never appealed to me, you know, as much I, you know, I could see the appeal to someone with that way of thinking like, Oh, you know, they're getting this. But um, I think, I don't know if it was you who did an exercise where they showed, you know, okay, the salon gets a hundred dollars for the service. And we handed up, we're like, here's the electric bill. Here's the $8 that the salon owner is left with. If, if that, you know, and it's just, it's just really funny. And I think that just, that goes across a lot of small businesses that people think, oh, you own a small business. So, you know, your rate's going to be 20% higher for It's like, it's not, you know, we obviously do it for much more than the money. <laughs> Let's just Absolutely. put it that way. And, and you brought up a good point with COVID with people getting a little taste of, you know, I'm going to be on my own. I'm going to go to people's houses and do hair and I'm going to do hair in my backyard and in my basement and all that. But what they didn't predict was when the government came through and said, you all need money to live because I shut you down. They didn't qualify for any of that. Yeah. So there's, there's always going to be pluses and minuses. And with COVID, with the COVID relief, it went to our employees, not to us. It was yeah. a payroll thing, you know? So if you're not on your own payroll, you didn't get it. So, yeah. you know, they're the things, the intricacies that people just don't see. And if they always think, you know, the big bad boss, you know, has the great fancy car and, and gets to keep all the money, but most yeah. of releasing that fancy car and they're yep. one one bad week away from getting it repossessed uh, yeah. because what happens is we start feeling sorry for ourselves and we're like oh my gosh I am working you know 60 hours a week I'm doing this this and this and I'm driving a piece of shit and my employees have a nicer car than I'm, nicer I'm car. getting a nice car and then you get it and you're like well I can't really afford this car and now I'm stuck with it so it's all ego when it comes yeah. to that and Absolutely. It's, it's showing the world you're doing better than you really are. And it ends yeah. up biting you because then your, your staff thinks that you're doing better than you are. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, 
not the case. <laughs> yeah. I had one employee, someone told me recently that she always used to say, anytime I went on a vacation, she would say, oh, I guess we're paying for her to go on another vacation. What she didn't know is that I was frequently traveling because I was running away from my miserable life. (laughs) It wasn't because I was so flushed that I was like, woohoo, let me go on vacation. I was like using points from the credit card, from all the giant bills of the salon. Right. Yeah. I'm flying with points. I'm staying in hotels with points because my credit card, I'm spending hundreds of thousands of dollars a year on hair color and cotton and gloves and all this other stuff. So finally, okay, I'm going to use my points for a Marriott and get the heck away from my miserable life. And on the plane coming home, we talked about that tingly, sick feeling. I would have that sick, sick pit in my stomach feeling as soon as the plane popped out the wheels and you could hear them drop and I would hit the ground as soon as we hit the internet connection. All the text, all the crap just yep. at me as soon she as said, I she landed. said she said she, she oh said, make sure yeah. that we can talk tomorrow yeah. because so and so did that I'm like yeah. do I run a preschool or right. I need to like, have a I'm meeting a with you ASAP it's like oh if I never get return. one of those again I'll be <laughs> such a happy woman <laughs> and, and it goes back to the coaching I yeah. was like okay and I would go right in the next day and be like come in my office tell me da 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 and it would be a gather and dump it was nothing yep. useful. It was nothing necessary. It was like a tattletale mm-hmm. session of this one did this and this one did that. And, I, and to, to which I would say, did anything burn down? Are yeah. the curling irons okay? Did anybody get hurt? Is everybody in one piece? Then I don't need to know it. Let's move on. Let's start I have, fresh from here and move forward. Yeah. I have this great um, sign in our back room and my daughter made it when she was in kindergarten in like, they have guidance, you know, throughout their class and it has a little pig on it with an X through it. It says, don't squeal unless it's a big deal. And literally it says, <laughs> it literally it says like big problems, not big problems. And I hung it in the back room. I love like, that. you know, it was super passive aggressive, but I didn't care because it was like, literally look at this when you're coming to me about like, we're out of, you know, 20 volume or we're out of this or we're out of that. And I'm on vacation. You're calling me about something that I can't do anything about, but you just want to complain because of whatever. It's like, really? Like, it's just beyond. It's just beyond. So then when something was very wrong, like a leak in the ceiling, you know, the, the sump pump wasn't working in the basement, not a word. Yeah. I came into like two inches of water Mm. in the basement and I'm like, was anybody gonna? Oh, I didn't know what I didn't know whether to. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, no, I mean, something I, to reach out about. I can't speak to that because I will say that I, I heard about the good and the bad, more about the bad, but you know, and it would always be like prefaced with, you know, I'm just looking out for you. So I thought you mm-hmm. should know that she was on her phone all day while you weren't here. And you know, she did that. It's like, come on, yeah. And, and really what people don't realize is my favorite saying is, is be who you are when nobody's watching, mm-hmm. because when you, when the boss is away and everybody plays and the whole culture changes, you're not hurting Trish. You're yeah. hurting your chances of being successful behind the chair because who sees your behavior is that client in the chair next to you. Yeah. And when their person, like if Nina calls out sick, they're not going to want to see the girl that was on her phone all day. Yeah. Clients are noted. It doesn't matter if you police it. Yeah. Clients want your attention. They're paying for your attention and they want you to be professional. So when you think you're getting away with something, all you're doing is showing that you're a different person behind 
when you're not being supervised and that right. just shows you're not truly passionate about what you do because you oh, want to be on your phone. Yeah. Cause clients, I mean, when people who've displayed those behaviors have left, it's like, oh yeah. Like, it, you know, she never really seemed to be into it or, or whatever it was, you know, it's just, yeah, 100%. You're absolutely right. They are always aware people are much more observant than we give them credit for and, and they get it. The thing that really drove me crazy with client feedback was the crappy shampoo. You know, we would have somebody for eight months doing shampoos all day, every day. And we specialize in color. So you have to make huh. sure you get all that stuff yeah. off the hairline, make sure they're not getting chemical burns. Yeah. And when the person would leave, either they chose to leave or were asked to leave, clients would go, oh, thank God. Her I, Every time I left, I had color all down. I'm like, why would you not say anything? Like, that's something yeah. that you speak up about. That's not being gossipy. That's like a health hazard, you know? Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and we actually just had a, um, a class on this with Jay Williams about feedback and how, you know, setting up your environment to accept feedback. Cause a lot of us are like, we want feedback, but we don't want the feedback. We don't want to hear, you know? So like, that's a whole, that's probably a whole other <laughs> podcast in itself, but, um, that was really interesting. And, and, you know, I have to look at myself and say, I do want that feedback, but do I open myself up for any feedback? So that's well, that we, so we all freak out when we get the one negative yeah. Yelp review and you think, why didn't that person tell us instead of feeling like they needed to go on social media right. and say something negative? Um, but people get a lot braver behind the keyboard than they do to your face. But even yeah. just an anonymous email to you, they don't have to be telling right. us who they are, you know, they could set yeah. up a, a Gmail or Hotmail or whatever and just send yeah. an anonymous email, but people don't take the time. They just like to shout it out from the yeah. rooftops and, and not own it. I mean, um, I just, yeah, we're, we've been very fortunate to, you know, it's been very minimal, but you know, I'm happy when people say like, oh, this is good. Or, you know, yeah, the, this is a little uncomfortable. Like I want to hear that. You want to know, you want to be able to fix the problem. I mean, again, you don't want to cater to every little thing each and every time because you're then you know just running your life for all these other people's requests and that does not uphold those standards <laughs> I love I love your new language I love your whole demeanor like you are a totally different person I have not had the blessing of seeing you in person in several years but from the second you came on to this call and I could see you because we're we're live on Zoom and, and doing the Zoom recording. Ask. Like yeah. <laughs> everything about you is just lighter, happier. You seem so comfortable in your own skin. And it's so beautiful to see that transformation and know how happy and free that you must feel with not living with that constant anxiety and pressure yeah. of that dreaded what if. Absolutely. I mean, I wish I could say in earnest that it's completely gone, but no, it's, you know, no, it never will be. No, it never will be. And that's, you know, a work in progress and, you know, the coaching is still a work in progress, but I thank you. I mean, I, I feel so much lighter and, you know, it, it is showing in so many areas of my life and it's the best thing I've ever done. And I don't know when I'll be able to stop because <laughs> I'm like, just when I get to the point where I'm like, oh, maybe this will be the, and I'm like, no, I still need work. <laughs> Keep it coming. Now, just know that when you hesitate and you start to overthink, remember that that's the old you. Yeah. Flick her away because yeah. she's, she's never going to be right. <laughs> the yeah. old you's never going to be right. <laughs> yeah, 
At 100%. Yeah. And it, and it is hard to be like, oh, I thought I got so far and now I feel this again. And it's like, but you didn't go all the way back. Right. You, you came to here. You didn't go all the way back there. And that's something, you know, with coaching, like she's reminded me, cause I'm like, I'm right back. She's like, nope, you're not right back no, where you started. Not at all. You're at no. a very different place. I'm like, okay. Okay. <laughs> that's amazing. I'm so yeah. proud of you. And thank you for thank sharing you. the story because we are not alone in going through these things. It no. is, you know, the norm in being a leader and a, and a business owner. So if, if someone listening is like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm not the only one, even if they have that yeah. feeling, whether they even move forward and do any type of coaching, just knowing that it's, you know, a very common thing and that, yeah. that they're not alone. And that's what, uh, Absolutely. what we're all here for. So reach out, um, Check yeah. out, check out Trisha's salon. What's your website? So they can check it out. It is your... barbarellabeauty.com. And um, yeah, we're uh, have some exciting things happening. We're kind of doing a facelift there. We're transitioning, like I said, into more of a, a color cutting, specializing and not focusing on every little service we possibly could do and just honing in on a couple of things that we really all enjoy doing as a team. Transition, uh, transitioning the space and bringing in more of a boutique feel with a lot more retail items, just kind of, you know, change, spice it up a little bit. Nice. Yeah. Well, very. I will, I will be following your, your uh, progress and yeah. journey and um, definitely stay in touch. Thank yes, you so much. Always. Yes. Thank you. Wonderful catching up and thank you, you all for listening. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks, Elaine. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Please subscribe and be sure to leave a review. For more information on hair color education, please visit my website, www.expertcolorsolutions.com. See you soon.